0: Come on, how many of you know Jesus is greater, right? Come on. You know, when I think about um, just what God is doing here, and you heard Pastor Mike just a moment ago just kind of share about what God's doing, the best way I know to describe it is it feels in a lot of ways like we're sitting on the um, the uh, takeoff pad, you know, and like the engines are a go, and like you can feel the rumbling, you can sense and feel like what God's doing, and it's just like, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on, And uh, God's just bringing people in. I was having a conversation with someone after the first gathering. Like, you know what? We just believe God has called us here. I was talking with someone in between. They're like, man, we we travel 40, you know, miles. We come to come to church and we just believe God's doing great things. They're like, man, we'd like to start a small group out in our area. And I'm like, come on, let's do this. Why? Because I believe God is greater and that he is doing something better than we could ever imagine or guess or request beyond our wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but God's actually stirring the hearts and lives of people. And how many of you, God's been stirring your heart with some things lately? Come on. He's just been stirring some dreams inside of you. Yeah. Come on. Hold that back up again, because I, I want you to look. Now look around the room. Look, look around the room, and look at what God's doing. He's stirring things up. Here's the thing I want you to recognize. Each and every one of us have a different role. Each and every one of us have a part to play in those dreams, and God's unfolding something around us, and you and I get to be a part of it. And yet in the midst of what God is doing, how many of you know that sometimes there's, there's disappointments? Sometimes there's struggles, sometimes you feel like you're in a valley, and sometimes it feels like that valley's going for a while. Other times it's like, man, I'm screaming from the mountaintop. Like everything's going great, you can tell everyone around you, like man, God is so good, but sometimes we face some times that seem a little bit like the valley. But what if there was something better? What if there was something better than what the world would try to feed us as a lie of like if you just have a nicer house, if you just have nicer stuff, if you just have a better job, if you just have the trophy wife, which I do, but I mean like if you, if you, if you thought that you could have all those different things, you know, and it would somehow make you happier, but what if, what if, what if there was something better? What if there was something better than just those moments? This week was, it was a tough week in many regards, we, we have a lot going down in the lower level From painting to floors to craziness to doors to, I mean, like, there's just so many pieces that are going on, and and God's continuing to bring people in, and it's just been amazing to see what He's been doing in and through that lower level. And you can sit there and you can be like, man, that's so exciting, Pastor Brown. I can't wait for the lower level to be done. But can I just tell you and remind you of something? This is so, so, so key is that the environment is, could be completely incredible, but without the presence of God, it could be completely unchanging. But with the presence of God, and with us creating an environment for kids to experience the presence of God, we know that a child's life can be completely changed just because of one moment because one moment when a teacher reaches down at them and begins to say you know what it's gonna be okay even in the midst of when they see a home falling around them and they they see a mom and dad fighting and they see all the circumstances around them and they they turn on the news and they see all the news trying to put at us all this negative stuff They, they find themselves wandering into places on the web that they should never have gone you know I heard this stat the average, now. this is crazy, one of the, the moments that we're seeing kids actually developing pornographic addictions between the ages now of five and seven years old. And you're like, what? What in the world? Well, what do you think happens when you say to a kid, here you go and we don't put any parameters and we say, oh, I just I thought they were just at YouTube. Do you not think that the enemy is a sly, sneaky, lying, seeking our kids and saying, I wanna devour them, I wanna destroy them? Listen, we the church need to rise up and we the church need to say, not only are we gonna create an environment for kids to engage in God's presence, but we're gonna be the leaders. We're gonna be the ones who are gonna step in and pour into those kids. We're gonna be the ones who are gonna pray for those kids. We're gonna support them financially. We're going to believe in the next generation that God has good things. You should be clapping right now. Come on now. Because God is calling us to something greater. Because he is greater. He's better. Look at your neighbor right now and say, he's better. And look at him again and say, not only is he better, he's greater. Jesus is greater. This week, uh, someone who I've grown to love and though not having a whole lot of time spent with him, he started coming here with his wife and his family here less than probably a year ago and God began stirring his heart and I remember seeing him here on Sunday mornings and he would always give an encouraging word and you know, I'll never forget here this week when I got news that the surgery that he had had just a few weeks prior had come into some complications post-surgery. He would fallen, ended up being paralyzed from the neck down. The doctor said he'll never breathe on his own again. He'll never move. He'll never have that life without a machine. I remember when I got the news, I was sitting in my office on Wednesday and the doctors had given that prognosis and I remember something inside of me rising up and saying no like no 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 this is not okay this is not the plan this is not how things are supposed to unfold no I was driving Kasha home, and I said, babe, I got to go to the hospital. I can't, I can't just stand by and let the doctors say this. Now, listen, I am so thankful for doctors, and I'm so thankful for those of you who work in the medicine and work in that field and healthcare. I'm telling you, like, we need doctors. We need nurses. We need people to pour in and, and help us through these seasons. But can I just tell you, we also need the church to be the church and to rise up and to say, you know what? We're going to believe for healings. And just think what God can do when we partner in those moments and something rose up inside of me and cautiously, do you want me to go with you? I'm like, no, babe, you do not do well on little amounts of sleep. She's like, all right. So I called up Pastor Dan and Pastor Dan and I went up to Toledo Hospital or went down to Toledo Hospital and we went in through the emergency room. It was super late and we found ourselves up there and we came in and we saw the family and I stood in front of them and I said, listen, I'm here to believe for a miracle because listen, I don't know any other thing to do than just to believe for a miracle. I know what the doctors have said, but I believe that the great physician has a different story. And I looked at the family and I said this, I said, hey, what would a miracle look like? Because see, I think it's important for us to begin to describe and to declare things that are contrary to what the world is saying. See, the world could say, this is what needs to happen, but guess what, I know what God says is gonna happen. And so we looked at that situation and we began praying. And this is what they said. They said, you know, Pastor Brian, we're, we're just believing that he wouldn't be in, in any more pain. That's the miracle would be if he wasn't in any pain. Now everything inside of me was like, I'm gonna pray that that man is gonna not only be in pain, but he's gonna start walking again. That he's gonna get up out of that bed and that he is gonna be standing on this stage with me and we're gonna declare and shout out that God is faithful, that God is able. And I prayed that prayer all the way down to Friday when he breathed his last. And you can look at a moment like that and you can say, well, Pastor Brian, how in the world do you then believe that God is able? How do you believe that God is able to do those things and yet in that moment it didn't happen the same way that you thought it was gonna happen? And then I have to remind myself of this, is that this time here on earth is just a fleeting, just a quick moment in regards to all eternity. So guess what? Here's what I know is that Monty is now in heaven and guess what he's experiencing? No pain, he does not wanna come back to earth he is in the presence of Jesus he finds himself in a place that he'll spend the rest of his life in eternity with him and so guess what sometimes we find ourselves in valleys and sometimes we find ourselves in places where we don't understand and we can't comprehend what's happening but I'm here to remind you once again that Jesus is greater in fact I'll say this Jesus is greater than death Jesus is greater than death itself. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. Paul reminds us, listen, the death of sin, the sting of death is, is sin, but listen, Monty had a relationship with Jesus. See, so you know what Monty is? Monty has full, working, parts, everything. He's in no pain, he's in the presence of Jesus. He has experienced complete wholeness and health. And God Guess what? He has his reward right now. Now, do I still process through those moments and say, "God, I, I just don't understand sometimes." Yes, I don't understand why sometimes you can pray for somebody and you can see him completely healed in a moment, and other times you pray for somebody and that moment doesn't happen. But then the Lord always just reminds me: Am I not still the same? Am I still not the same? Is it only when I do exactly what you want me to do, Brian, that I'm faithful? Is it only when you get to dictate all the things that are going on that that you say that I'm greater? Or am I greater? Am I greater than death? Am I greater than the problems you face? Because he is greater than your problems. He's greater than your sin, and thank God for that. Because your sin is actually a death sentence. Your sin separates you from the Father. But Jesus came in and Jesus said, you know what? There needs to be no separation between my creation and the Father. No, no, no. I will pay the price. I will be the ultimate sacrifice. And so you know what? A family is mourning. A church family's mourning. Many are very close with him. And there's a mourning that's taking place when I think of Monty. But can I just tell you? Jesus is greater than Monty's sin, and Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice, and so Monty is in heaven. I have that complete assurance, no doubt in my mind, that as his wife was laying in the bed next to him, and he breathed his last breath, that he went from that very moment to being in the presence of Jesus. And I hope he heard those words, well done, thy good and faithful Servant, see now listen some of you you're sitting here and this is what's crept in some doubt but can I just remind you Jesus is greater than your doubt <laughs> can I remind you that Jesus is greater than your past can I remind you that Jesus is greater than your plans because some of you you got some plans you got everything all figured out Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on into your own understanding. See, some of you, you got it all figured out. You all organized. You got everything all situated in life. You're a lot like my wife. You know, there's an order and everything to things. You're not as maybe free flowing as some of us who just, you know, like, woo, let's just go. Like my idea of vacation is like no plans. Kasha's idea of vacation is is plans, but those plans basically include sitting on the beach all day reading a book. But that's still a plan. She's got that plan. She got it all figured out. She's like, Florida is calling me, Brian. It's calling my name, and guess what? I'm glad it's just calling her name for a little vacation and not for life, because Pastor Mike, you came from Florida, but guess what? I don't wanna go there. I know how hot it is, and that bald head of yours probably sweats like a crazy man down there in Florida. It's fact, isn't it? And now you just have to wear a stocking cap everywhere. (laughs) But listen, Jesus is greater than our plans. You asked Pastor Mike, hey, Pastor Mike, three years ago, would you ever move to Michigan? No. That would have been his reply. No. But God started stirring his heart. You're going to move to Michigan. I don't even understand how that's going to even work, Pastor. Don't even understand it. And all of a sudden, God connected some dots and brought him and his wife, and they are two awesome kids here, and God's just been doing great things. But guess what? Jesus is greater than our plans. He's greater than our pain. Some of you have been facing some really difficult times in the pain and, and you sit there and you look through those things and you go, man, you know what? This pain, is, it just feels like it's, it's taking over. But remember what Isaiah reminds us of. It says, surely he took up our pain, bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. Jesus was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was brought us peace was upon Jesus and by Jesus' wounds we are healed. You will not have that promise. Come on, Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than your fear. Pastor Scott spoke to that moment here earlier in the, in the worship. When we were sitting there and we were singing that song and he said in there, he's like, you know, I just feel like some of us right now, fear is trying to cripple you. Scripture tells us what to do with our fear. We cast all of our anxiety on him. Because why? Because he cares for us. He's not just some god up in heaven who looks down and like, <laughs> look at you. Oh, it's so good to see you scrambling around. Nothing really happening. It, it, he's not like that. He is a loving father, and because he's a loving father, he has good gifts for us. Jesus is greater than our fear. Jesus is greater than our needs. I mean, the reality of it is, is this is just Jesus is greater. In fact, look at your neighbor right now and say, Jesus is greater. But here's what I know about Jesus being greater. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes life doesn't make sense, but can I remind you Jesus is greater? In fact, the next few weeks, that's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna keep reminding ourselves that Jesus is greater. In fact, today, what I'm hoping is that you will literally walk away from the gathering today and you will go, you know what, Jesus is greater. And we're going to focus in on something specific that I believe Jesus is greater than. But I pray that all week long, literally, when you face moments where this one thing is going to creep up, that literally the first thing that jumps into your mind, jumps into your spirit, is Jesus is greater. You hear somebody around you, and this moment happens, you're going to be like, no, nope, Jesus is greater than that. You hear your family talk, oh, no, Jesus is greater than that. Your mind starts playing tricks, and you're like, oh, no, Jesus is greater than that. Because here's what I know is that Jesus is greater. But so many times in life when things don't go the way that we think they should go, we go through these various stages. And the first stage that I want to talk to you about today is this. As is, is we go through stage one, I, we'll say this, you get the blas. Now some of you are like, what, what, what do you mean, Pastor Brian, the blas?" Well, here's what I mean. It, it's hard for me to, to say this. It's like, it's like all of a sudden life does not go the way you thought it went or you're frustrated with something and you have these expectations and you're like, ah! but I didn't know how to write. Ugh! So we call it the blahs because this is what happens in life. The first stage is something happens that didn't go according to plan. Somebody hurts you, some wrong happened, or maybe just life just. Ugh! Anyone ever been in a moment? Come on now. If you have, just give, me a, give, it, give it back to me. Just give me that. Ah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> There's some realness there. <laughs> but I mean, like, seriously, for all of us, we get, we get to that place where like, ah, I just, ah. And it starts right there. Stage two is this. When you experience that, you then lower your expectations. Because all of a sudden, what happens is you're just like, ah, I'm so frustrated. And then it leads to, fine, and we just lower the expectations. Come on, in our marriages, in our kids, in our co-workers, in our church family, Ah, frustrated with that, fine. Fine. I'll just lower my expectation. So i with the mom afterwards. She said, you know what? I really, I've done this with my teenager. She said, this was the one that really spoke out to me. She said, you know, I, I just get to that place where I'm like. She's like, so I finally just lowered all expectations for him. She's like, so I don't ask him to do anything. I have no expectations for him at all. She said, I was so challenged by that because instead of challenging my son to rise up and to be the man of God that I've called him to be, I've just lowered the expectation. And that's how the enemy loves you to think. It's like instead of calling out your spouse and calling them to a higher level, you just begin to lower the expectation. And then you find yourselves in this pattern where you're like, man, I'm just so frustrated with them. Ah!" But you lowered the expectation for them. And guess what they did? They matched your expectation. And as you lowered it and lowered it and lowered it, they just continued to match it. Stage three is this, is then you begin to question things. You start questioning, do they even love me? Do they even care? You just start questioning everything around you. It's just like, you're, just, you're struggling through. You're like, Aah! you lowered the expectation and then you just begin questioning, I don't even know if they even love me. I don't even know if they even care. I don't even know if they would even, I don't even know if they would even know if I wasn't even here. You just start questioning everything. I don't even think my kid even loves me. I don't even know if my coworkers even appreciate the things I do. I don't know if anyone even cares for me. You know what, I might as well just give up. I just might as well give up. And then what happens is, is it leads to stage four. You begin to feel it physically. Come on now. All of a sudden, you're just like, man, you just get that knot in the pit of your stomach every time they come around, and, and you don't wanna deal with things, you're just like, ah, and you just begin to feel it physically. Listen, we all go through these different stages. I've, I've seen this prevalent in my own life, where all of a sudden, it's just like, I'm just, man, just physically, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm just, ah! I lower the expectation. I begin to question everything, and then I begin to feel it physically. Which then leads to the one thing I want to really focus on today is this. Is stage five, you become negative. Negative in your speech, negative in your actions, just negative. It's just, it literally becomes the filter to everything you see. But can I just remind you that Jesus is greater. <laughs> Jesus is greater than that negative thinking. Jesus is greater than those things. But listen, this isn't a new thing. This isn't like a new concept. All throughout the scriptures, we see these different moments where people throughout the scripture struggle with this. In Isaiah, we see him struggling with this moment. It says, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Anyone ever felt like you spent your strength in vain and for nothing? Anyone ever tried to do something good for someone around you only to have them spit it back in your face? Anyone ever had a moment where you're like, man, I, I feel like I've been laboring for this. Maybe it's for a kid. Maybe it's for a spouse. Maybe it's for uh, your workplace. Maybe it's for your community. And you're like, man, I've just been laboring. I've been, ah! I think there was a little bit of that moment here. Prophet Jeremiah, he, he had that same type of moment. It says, he, he, he goes as far as saying, why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow to end my life in disgrace? I asked for a scare then I said, anyone ever been there? And one guy says, no. <laughs> but here's what I know is there's a lot of people who have. Cause I meet with them and I'll talk with them and I'll hear about people who have thought of taking their own life. Cause literally they get to that place where like, I don't even know why I'm even born. I don't even know if anyone would even miss me. Would they even know if I was even gone? And the enemy just comes in and just begins speaking these lies over us and just begins saying, What about this? and what about that? And it's all this negative thinking. And you know what negativity does? Negativity breeds negativity, negativity attracts negativity. And all of a sudden, everywhere you look, you're on social media and there's negative, 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 negative. You go to church and there's negative and negative, and everyone's finding out all the things that they're accepting and all the things that they're struggling with, and negativity is all around. Can I just remind you, stop? Jesus is greater than negativity. Some of you need to hear that this morning. Jesus is greater than negativity. So stop. Someone has to draw the line and say, I will not be negative. I will not be the one who continuously falls into these patterns of being negative and looking at everything around me. Because see, here's the thing. We all struggle with negativity. Now, now I never had thought about this in this way. I actually first gathering and I was talking about this. And then someone came up to me afterwards and said, Pastor Brian, what I found is that every time I'm struggling with negativity, I deal with it in one of these categories that I'm going to be sharing with you. Because see, each and every one of us struggle with negativity, and it, and it kind of comes in different ways. The first is this, is for some of us, it's a personal negativity. Here's what I mean by that. Every time something bad is happening, you immediately blame yourself. Well, it's got to be my fault. I got, I, I, I'm the problem. It, it's me. And you look, and you personally are negative toward yourself. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm, 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 I'm. And we personally put all the negativity on us. And this person said, you know what? Every time I deal with negativity, they said, it's crazy because that is how I process through it. Though I may not be processing through it like that right now, there are times where it's like, man, personally, I beat myself up. Maybe for you it's not the personal negativity. Maybe it's the relational where you begin looking at everyone else around you. And and you say things like this, man, all men are dogs. Just all men are dogs, they're, just, they're, they're all just that way, and that really many times comes because you've been hurt. So the negative filter becomes that all, all men are just that way, or all women are the same way, or my husband will never change. We, we put these relational negative filters on the, on the relationships around us. Oh, that's just how they are, crazy aunt. I was even talking with someone after the first gathering and I said, uh, it, was, it was almost like this positive comment and then I realized I'm being negative in this moment. And I was doing it personally towards myself. I, I was saying, yeah, I said, some of us guys, you know, we all up married. So it's like a compliment to my wife saying, you know, I up married to get to her, but what am I actually doing? I'm actually using a negative filter towards myself and towards my relationship and I'm saying, yeah, I up married, you know, like I'm not good enough. No, man, she, she got it good right here. <laughs> I don't know why I always become this every time though. Kasha's always like, you don't shake that. (laughs) I'm like, I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry, babe. But we deal with that negativity, right? Like it's crazy when you start thinking about the way we've programmed our mind to think negatively in our relationships. For some of us, it's circumstantial. So some of us, we say, well, if I only had a better job, If I only had better hours, if I only had the bigger house, if I only had the nicer car, if I only had more money, if I only, if I only, if I only, and it's circumstantial, and we're looking at things through that negative filter. And here's the reality is, no matter how much more you get, if your filter's still negative, you could be as rich as whoever, have everything you ever wanted, and still have a negative filter of, I just don't have enough. Maybe for you it's not circumstantial, or relational, or even personal. Maybe for you it's a spiritual Negativity. Maybe for you, you're sitting here and you're like, you know what? All Christians are hypocrites. I was hurt by Christians. They hurt me at one point in time and your filter has become this negative filter towards anything spiritual. So anytime anything is mentioned about God, you immediately go back to the negative moment that becomes your filter and you start saying, all Christians are all that way. Oh, all churches are phony. All churches aren't real. All churches are just a mess. They're just full of broken people. They don't even love Jesus. We are broken, but we do love Jesus. Now listen, I ain't perfect. I will make mistakes, and I'll be one of the first ones to do it. I'll tell you all day long about how I yelled out the car at somebody else who cut me, or not cut me off, but honked their horn at me and everything. And if you missed it, listen to the message from last week. (laughs) Now on a side note, what is a little discouraging is how many people came up to me after the gathering and were just like, Pastor Brian, it's just so good to know that you're angry like me. And I think you may have missed some of the point that I was trying to put in there, but yeah, I mean, we're tight. Here's the next thing is maybe it's, maybe it's not even just spirit. Maybe you just become nitpicky. It's a nitpicky negativity. It's like where everything around you, nothing can be good enough. You go to the drive-thru and you're like, oh my goodness, they got me my sandwich in less than a minute. It's ridiculous. I had to wait so long in McDonald's. Listen, anything that can be cooked in less than a minute you shouldn't be eating anyways. <laughs> oh, there I go, being negative. There I am, being negative. Maybe for you it's a you you just, you know, you're it's the slow drivers around you or the guys who honk their horn at you or the drive-through errors and how Starbucks didn't get your drink right this morning or how you went into the the, the coffee area over here, and your favorite coffee creamer was not there. And you get mad and you get nitpicking. and you're like, Man, can't this church ever take care of it and give me my free coffee the way I want it? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> D- did you notice? Did you notice it was free? That whole piece in there? Maybe it's, maybe it's the worship. Oh, the worship was just too loud. And you start nitpicking that. Oh, you know, I could feel the bass today. It was crazy. My clothes felt like they were going to vibrate off me. One, we will make sure that that never happens. But two, it's great to know you're feeling something. Oh, Uh uh-oh. That was negative. That was negative. See, here I am being negative. I'm telling you. But we all struggle with negativity. But listen. Brian listen Jesus is greater than our negativity he's greater than that Proverbs 23 7 says this for as he thinks within himself so he is listen if if, if all you have is negative thoughts running through you guess what you end up becoming more negative but we need to remind ourselves, like Psalms 118 says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, there are going to be some days where negative things are going to be around you and you need to remind yourself, this is the day that the Lord has made. Sometimes you've got to wake up in the morning and be like, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. In spite of everything going on. See, Jesus is greater the negativity. So let me share with you three things today, since Jesus is greater than, and I'm gonna kinda share these little principles with you. If you're taking notes, go ahead and write these out. The first is this, since Jesus is greater than negativity, I will not hang out with negative people. Can I just encourage you with something? If all you hang out with is negative people, guess what you become? Negative. Now some of you are like, I don't hang out with anybody. But yet you do, because you get online and you get onto Facebook and you become a part of the negative conversations that are out there. Can't believe these roads. It's ridiculous. They're going to charge us 70 cents in gas tax. What more do they want? They want my firstborn child. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, guess what? You live close to Ohio, so you just go down there and get gas. Don't get all bent out of shape. But listen, if you, if you hang out with negative people, you will become like that. We always say this. I, I always say, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Listen, that is not just for young people. That goes for any age. The older you get, the easier it is to be negative. You know why? Because you know the dumb things that other people are doing around you. And you look at them and you go, that's stupid. That ain't going to work. But sometimes your kid has to walk through those that stupid, that ain't gonna work moment. Sorry, Josiah. <laughs> Just sometimes. Sometimes those moments come. Sometimes those moments, but, but listen, the people you hang out with, the people you're talking to on a regular basis. Some of you, it's not that you hang out with them, but every day you're talking, and it's negative, negative, negative. And guess what happens? You become negative. The people you hang out with at work. If you're hanging out with all the negative people, guess what will happen? You'll become negative. You become like the people that you're hanging around with. First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, bad company corrupts good character. Listen, it doesn't matter how good your character is. If you're hanging out with losers, I shouldn't say it that way. If you're hanging out with people who are negative, not losers, negative. Because just cause someone's negative doesn't mean they're a loser it just means that someone hasn't risen to the occasion to say guess what we're not gonna be that way because every time you enter in the conversation or every time you're silent and here's another big piece listen when you're a part of a conversation and someone's being negative and you're silent guess what that means to them you agree with them unless you look at them and say you know what I don't agree with that I don't think that's a good idea you know what? I don't want to be a part of this conversation What if the church people actually rose up and actually looked at people and said, you know what, I think that's gossip that you're doing. I don't wanna be a part of that and walked away. You know what would happen? Less people would gossip. But when you sit there and you're quiet and you just take it in, oh, Pastor Brian, I was just being a listening ear. I was just trying to be like Jesus. And listen to people continue to speak negative? See, there there are what we call, I, I call them this, and I was taught this a long time ago, they're joy suckers. Does anyone know what a joy sucker is? It's a negative person. They come into the room and they suck the joy out of the room. Because all they do is filter through things negative. Like they literally come in, they're just like, oh, and you're like, and guess what? When you find someone who's a negative person, you don't want to be around them. Unless you've become like them. And then all of a sudden, you got a bunch of joy suckers. They're like little leeches out there. And they just suck it out of you. Come on now. Bad company corrupts good morals and character every time. Here's the next thing, since Jesus is greater than negativity, I will not dwell on negative thoughts. Now th- these, are, these are statements that are in the first person, and the reason why I put them in the first person for you is because I want you to internalize it. say, listen, since Jesus is greater than negativity, I'm not gonna dwell on negative thoughts. I'm just not gonna be that way. I'm gonna take captive my mind. Like 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse five says, we take captive every thought and we do what? We make it obedient to Christ so every day I'm going to get up and say you know what mind you are going to listen to what Jesus says not what Fox News says not what CNN says not what Facebook says not what anyone else says I'm gonna take captive negative thoughts I'm not gonna get involved in all the negative talk out there we the church have got to be different Be people who speak life and joy and bring life to the things that are around them, not negativity. The next is this. Since Jesus is greater than negativity, I will have the mind of Christ. Since Jesus is greater than negativity, I will have the mind of Christ. You and I have got to have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says it this way, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Who? The peace of God. And how does it come? Through Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Now, notice it doesn't say anything about negative thoughts in there. It says whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. Those are the things we dwell on. And then it says this: what you have learned, and received, and heard, and seen, in who? In Christ, in Jesus. He says that. Those are the things you're supposed to practice. Those are the things you're supposed to put into, into your life. Practice those things, and then he says this the God of peace will be with you. See, news and everything around you, all that negative stuff, you know what it preys on? It preys on your fear. And negativity breeds negativity. And, it just continue, and it, you know what it does? It destroys things. The the enemy is not coming against the church from outside of the church. He's doing it from within the church. Just put negativity in there. I didn't like the way Pastor Brian said that. I didn't like the way this moment happened. I didn't like how someone said this over here. Listen, Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than all the things that you and I are facing, listen, you and I have the mind of Christ. We have the victories ahead of us. We have the healings ahead of us. We have the miracles ahead of us. Listen, we have all those various things. And here's the crazy part about it, is that in the midst of all these things that you and I are facing, we're like, yes, Pastor Brian, I want victory. Yes, Pastor Brian, I wanna see healings. Yes, Pastor Brian, I wanna see miracles. And then I say, how about long suffering? And you go, no, I don't wanna suffer. I don't want to go through times where it feels like I'm in the valley. I want to live from the mountaintop. But Jesus is better. He's even better than the mountaintop. Because the beauty of Jesus is that he walks through every valley with you. But when Monty on Friday took him off the machine, he didn't even get to breathe his own. His body could not. You can sit there in that moment and you can go, man, Pastor Brian, it's like, it's horrible. Pastor Brian, Monty didn't get the healing that he was supposed to get. Monty didn't experience the thing that he was supposed to experience, but here's the the thing I can tell you right now. Though Monty is not here on this stage walking and not here on this stage in this moment, guess what I know? Monty is in heaven right now, experiencing the fullness of who Christ is and the reality of who he is. So is Monty healed? Absolutely. Is Monty in any pain? No. Is Monty received his reward? Yes. Why, is it because Monty was a good enough person? No, though he was a great person. Was it because Monty helped so many other married couples walk through different seasons as they did constantly? No, it wasn't that. Was it because Monty you know, was a, was a big part of his church and supporting and, and, and he was loving to others? No, it had literally nothing to do with any of those things. It had everything to do with a simple moment where Monty simply went like this, <laughs> I can't do this on my own give up all the negative thoughts all the stuff that's going on I just surrender to you God in a moment of surrender and giving his life to Christ Christ came in and forgave him and from that moment forward Monty was never the same Jesus is greater so Paul reminds us in Romans 12 he says do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Listen, you and I are to be different. I understand there's negative news everywhere. There's negativity all around you. Some of you are like, man, Pastor Brian, I literally don't know how to get away from it. It's literally in my workplace every day. Be different. Rise above. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every day, This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Every day God has given me a mind that is more like him than than of this world. He is actually producing in me purity. He's actually producing in me things that are of honor. He's producing in me things that are just. He's producing in me things that are righteous. He's producing in me things that are holy. He's producing in me a different way of thinking. He's conforming my mind. He's transforming my mind. He's doing something in you because you've surrendered to him. And then it says this, when that happens, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater. I'm gonna ask you to do something with me across this room, if you would stand to your feet all across this room. As you stand to your feet, if you could just close your eyes for a moment. As you have your eyes closed, I want to speak the scripture verse over you. It's found in First Peter chapter two, verse nine. You are a chosen people. You. Our royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Father, we thank you that you have called us sons and daughters. We thank you, God, that you have called us to be a royal priesthood. You've called us to be a holy nation. You've called us to be people whose joy is our strength. You've called us to rise above the negativity. You've called us to a greater standard. Father, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice right now, even those who are watching here online. Father I ask that you right now Holy Spirit would begin to speak life over each and every person. Speak joy. Speak peace. Father do something that in us in these next few moments that would literally change the trajectory of our lives I've asked you to close your eyes for a moment because not only do I want you to focus in on who God is in this moment but I also want to challenge you with this thought maybe today you recognize that in your life you've allowed negativity to creep in Maybe it's personally, maybe it's relationally, maybe it's circumstantially, maybe it's spiritually. You've allowed negativity to rule. It doesn't make you any less of a person. It just means that honestly, you need God's help because you can't do it on your own. But God is faithful to meet you right where you are and all you have to do is ask. And so if you're here this morning you say, you know what, Pastor Brian, I've been struggling with negativity. It's interesting because I think probably in so many ways all of us at one point in time have struggled with this I know I have so if that's you today and you'd say you know what I'm just gonna be honest before the Lord and you just just quickly just raise your hand you just say that's me yeah there are hands all over the room so father you see these hands across this room people who are just being honest and saying man there's been times where I've struggled with that negativity allowed those voices to be louder than your voice so father we ask that you would help us it's not something we can do on our own it's all around us but God we know that greater are you that's living inside of us than he that is in the world and we know that all we have to do is ask so father we ask that you would help us give us your joy Help us, God, to pick the right people to hang out with, God, the people that we could be encouraged by, people we could be lifted up by. God, that's part of the reason why groups is so huge, So we would do life with other people. God, help us to say no to the negative things around us and to recognize that, Jesus, you are greater. God, we love you. We thank you that you are greater than anything in our lives. Jesus, you're greater than negativity and we thank you.